And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast. As always, I'm Mickey Brennan, and I'm joined by three lads uh, in the pod here this evening for this podcast. It was an action-packed weekend of football throughout the county, and I'm delighted to say, as always, I'm uh, joined by uh, Kieran Flynn, the Mead PRO. Um, I'm joined by Brian Kelly, the Secretary of the Minor Board, and uh, David Rispin from the Rispin Blog. Lads, uh, thanks a million again for coming in to do the podcast with me. Cheers. It's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no the, the voices are all probably a little bit shook after the weekend. Um, I know that I'm still a little bit shook after the weekend, uh, um, but we'll get to that later on. On this week's podcast, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Chalkman Terrick final. We're going to be talking about the Meat Potato uh, Intermediate final. We're going to talk about the Fairhill Steel Senior Championship semi finals. We'll have a look at the Seamus Connolly Junior B final. We'll be talking a little bit about minor football, Division 1 and 2, and obviously previewing the Hurling. Uh, uh, finals taking place this weekend and don't worry those lads over there in Kells we will be giving you as a mention this week in the hurling and we do apologise for not mentioning the intermediate hurling semi-finals in our last last podcast noted and uh, slap on the wrist for Kieran Flynn for that one <laughs> uh, oh, no, we're, not, we're not letting them go I'm on the record saying that this should be a hurling only podcast so and can fight, I fight your corner every week so <laughs> yeah. can I just say as well that it's not the last of the slaps on the wrist that he's going to be getting during this <laughs> podcast so lads what I'm going to do is we're going to start off I suppose we'll go to Saturday and the Chalk Matero Junior Final uh, Dunboyne and St Vincent's and uh, this turned out to be a bit of a cracker of a game uh, and it ended um, with a Dunboyne win after extra time two goals and 11 points to St Vincent's one goal and 12 and uh, I suppose in normal time, a game that could have gone either way, David. Yeah, it was, um, as you said, it was probably the best game of the weekend. Definitely the best final of the weekend. Um, it ebbed and flowed throughout. Finstons did their usual in the first half. They weren't great and then came back into the second half. And um, really, in hindsight, probably should have won the game. Um, they, they got into such a good position with, a, with, with deep into injury time and they didn't see it out. Um I thought they were, they were outstanding. I thought it was a really good showcase for the junior championship as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a second team against the first team. Vincent's were rolled off by many. Um, just in relation, there was a there was an article going around in in on I think it was Friday went up. It was on the Mead Chronicle. It was put up tr- predominantly through their Facebook page, uh, previewing the final. And they came across as quite disrespectful towards St Vincent's, and there was a big backlash on social media about that. Okay. Um, they were, it was they were quoted as saying that Vincent's had absolutely no chance and they they, they basically shouldn't have turned, turned up, up at, at all, you know. And um 
even though they didn't get the result in the end, I think you know the Chronicle were probably seen to be eating their words in the end because I'm sure it was probably stuck up in the dressing room. Before well, it's they funny. Went out. That you, it's funny that you mentioned that, and I'm only after thinking of it there when we're talking about it. Only uh, a few weeks ago, uh, there was something similar happened in Cavan, but um, there was two teams playing Baileyborough and Mullahorn, and uh, <laughs> the funny thing was is that the Baileyborough manager had uh, said that the Anglo Celt had put up a thing saying that, you know, that uh, their, their prediction was that Mullerhorn were going to walk away with this game and that there was no point in Baileyborough turning up mm. either in this game. But he had got it mixed up. That was actually in the Gaelic Life, uh, oh, in Northern, in Northern yeah. Ireland newspaper, that, uh, uh, a sporting newspaper. Yeah. And uh, so I, I'm one of the lads from, uh, from Mullerhorn is a, it works in the Celt. So they were using this against the, the Mullerhorn team. And funnily enough, at the end, of, at the, in the hill, the hunt anyway, um, it turned out after the game, they realised that they had misquoted the, the newspaper. But on this occasion, uh, it, the, the newspaper, it's plain to see, they did put up this um, uh, write-up on social media. And I suppose St. Vincent's may have used that as well, because they were very hurt about that and they did share it themselves. And uh, they weren't too happy about what happened. But we'll get back to the football, I suppose, yeah, because yeah, yeah. social media, um, newspapers, uh, podcasts, what would they know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, uh, the thing about it was, um, as well, St. Vincent's, one of their main players... I think it was uh, Tommy, Tommy Fields. Tommy Fields, that's standing at 10 foot, yeah. Uh, that the, the, the man mentioned that he is standing at 10 foot. He's gone up from 8 foot yeah. 4 to 10 foot now. He's been uh, sitting in Miracle Grove for yeah. a few weeks. But he, he wasn't well, I believe, going into the yeah, game. Yeah, I, right? I just heard that over the... Actually, the, the day of the game, Saturday evening, and um, seemingly he was sick. He, was, he had the flu all week last week, and he was he didn't train or, or whatever. And, and it, it was noticeable in the final that he just wasn't himself. Yeah. Um, Kicked a f- wonderful score, yeah. so he did, but wasn't able to contribute much more because no, what you'd be used to from him. He, he is their talisman, and, and like they actually took the liberty of they, they took him off before extra time, or sorry, for extra time for the first half of it, playing against the Breeze, and then brought him on at half time in extra time, thinking that you know you might get another 10 15 minutes out of him, whatever. Um, it didn't work but other lads stood up I mean uh, Ryan Hand in, in midfield was absolutely outstanding and he he actually got injured at the start of extra time and that was another huge turning point because yeah. he, he was having a stormer um, in midfield and he went off and it just it all seemed to go pear shaped for Vincent there was a big stoppage at the start of inj- that, uh, extra that time as well yeah. for, for that injury yeah and um, look at Dunboyne full credit to them the backs were against the wall last kick of the game in normal time it looked to me and to many in the crowd as I saw free that Jerry McGivney awarded Dunboyne it looked as if the Vincent lads had got back and got round the player in question and three lads and it might have been given a free out for over carrying but Vincent's actually gave the ball away before that uh, Stephen Moran oh, like he came on for Dunboyne um, yeah. with, with 20 minutes to go and he and he turned the game on, on its he's head outstanding. he was unbelievable and he, he was, got the goal in the extra time didn't he? yeah he was yeah. awarded the man of the match and rightly so he came on and he kicked that free after missing an easier one hit the upright kicked it wide just before that and that was the, literally the last kick of the game to get to in the draw it was, a, it was a stunning free there was a lot of there was a big stoppage in between the free awarded and actually being taken and he nailed it in fairness to him against the breeze but um then in, in extra time, look, things went against the Vincents. But it, it was a really, really good game of football. Uh, the, Davey Tallon at fullback was was unbelievable for St. Vincents. He was tasked with Mark and Sean McGrath, who would be one of the Dunboyne Dangermen. 
um, and did a, did a fantastic job. But Jack Cox stood up, uh, kicked four points. Jason Daly was good, Darren Nolan, and mm-hmm. Barry Comer in midfield, the captain. Yeah. Um, and just a word, like he in his speech afterwards, he dedicated to, to his late wife. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a classy touch and a, you know, a really heartfelt moment. Um, so fair play to Dunboyne look at they've been knocking on the door for the last few years in junior we've talked about how, how, how much emphasis they put on the junior championship and full credit to them they, they've fallen short a couple of times but uh, Saturday was their day and, and they deserve they deserve to win Vincent's will, will be sick but they'll still go on and represent Meath and Leinster which is a great, right, yeah. great achievement in but itself I predicted them. that last week didn't I <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, that was one of your correct predictions from last week I suppose um, and just uh, I suppose uh, a word for St Vincent's you know we hope that they come back stronger uh, next year because they were very worthy finalists and, and if they had won it I think everybody in the in, in the county would have been delighted for them as well and uh, uh, both credit to both teams um, Dunboyne for their professionalism and, and how they run their club and to St Vincent's Ardcath for, for getting there uh, in the manner that they did and the manner in which they played uh, two great clubs and uh, I suppose we'll go over now to the predictions we'll get that out of the way for the Dunboyne uh, St Vincent's game um, because I think there could be some controversy over this uh, just we'll start with Kieran uh, Flynn you had predicted a Dunboyne win David Rispin you had predicted a Dunboyne win um, Brian Kelly you had predicted a draw full time yeah, and, St- and St Vincent's to win after extra time yeah. and I had predicted a draw full time and Dunboyne to win it after extra time um, just because I had said that their youth would carry them through, carry them through. it's a bit of a oh, we've, we've stuck here with a bit of a dilemma do do we go with 60 minutes? I think we go with 60 minutes. Um, do we well, go with full time after, extra time? If that's the case, then David and and, uh, and Kieran get a point each. Um, you will get a point for a draw at full time, but you won't get uh, the result of St. Vincent's winning it. And then I get two points for a draw full time and combine after extra time. So we'll move on. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a million. Point each. I get two, you get a point each and I get two. <laughs> You needed that one, though. Sorry, I don't think that, sorry, that was stipulated on last week's sorry, podcast. Sorry, Kieran, do you want to say something there? Well, I, I just, I'd like to maybe remind people of the, the official guide, Quaid Ado, the, the rule book that would dictate all GA terms. I think it says that extra time is a continuation of the game. So, it is, yeah. So, therefore, David and I are correct. You think it says, or it definitely no, says? No, I'm just being nice. It does say that. Yeah. Oh, it does say that, yeah. But it all, we also said in the podcast last week, after 60 minutes. So I think you said that. <laughs> after after 60 minutes. Minutes. So, I think that's that. But we're going to move on. That's There's too much controversy the uh, in, in, in the junior final <laughs> with the predictions. We're going to move on. I suppose we go to Sunday then, the Seamus Connolly Junior B final. Um, Nafina taking on Slane. And uh, there was a bit of a backlash in Nafina for us on this one because three of our predictions were for Slain and uh, uh, Mr Queenie Mr Brian Queenie in his speech did say that we, that, that, that in our predictions that there was three of us had gone for uh, Slain and I'm just looking down through it and it was David Rispin who actually had picked Nafina so um, I think there was there was a double reason for you picking Nafina <laughs> to win that game and Nafina did win it on a scoreline of 2-11 to Slane's 1-5 David do you want to explain yeah, this so I was the biggest uh, Nafina fan impact Halton that so <laughs> um, no, we actually had a game ourselves earlier on uh, 
in the morning, Talton Cup. So arrive late, actually met yourself coming in. Yeah. With a heap of chicken rolls and pizza slices <laughs> and everything. I was a little bit tender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fair <laughs> enough. Chicken. We'll get to the re- we'll get to the reason for that later on. But um, no, it, there was it hinged. Look at the the result went against us, Cortown on Saturday with with Dunboyne winning the Junior A, and had Slane actually won the Junior B on. Sunday, we, we would have been relegated to Junior B for next year, so there was there was a lot riding on the game for more reasons than one. Not that Nafina were really worried about; they just wanted to win the game. Exactly, and, yeah. But and for, the for for all users in Cortown, it was there was a bigger meaning. To yeah, there was a huge relief, and look, yeah. we're we're in the process of um, celebrating. Of, yeah, and, and <laughs> joining in the dinner dance as well. I think we're going to do a collaborate with them with with that. But that's in the early stages. We'll be in touch with Brian Queenie and that. So is um, it true that you and Brian Queenie were in uh, coppers together last night celebrating <laughs> no, no. I, d- I was actually looking for some of the Nafina lads hoping they'd be there last night but I didn't see them I'm sure tonight they'll be there with the Longwood lads well, but, um, we, d- we do want to congratulate Nafina on that win a, a great win disappointment for Slane um, you know Slane are, are doing so much work out there with their club at the moment we've spoken about um the fact that they're so far outside of the town and, and, and it might be hard, but they are doing great work at underage level. And I was talking to uh, a member of the uh, Slane Club on, on the weekend in Park Tolchin and I was discussing it with him about the distance out. And he said it was a, a catch-22 situation. Uh, you know, at one stage they had gone up and their goalposts had been cut at the butt. Uh, when the town, when the, when they were in the town of Slane, mm-hmm. um, and their goalposts were destroyed, they were on the ground. They had been, uh, I don't know, hacksawed or something, um, and just general vandalism and stuff, which we just talked about before. And they've moved out, and they've got a wonderful, wonderful setup. They've bought some uh, land out there in recent years, and uh, the clubhouse and everything is fantastic. So it is Slane is starting to come back, and it is go- going from strength to strength. Mm-hmm. And a word for them. That game, I know Nafina won it well, but it was on the knife edge for, for quite some time. Mm. And uh, I suppose a strong second half display from Nafina saw them uh, win this game comfortably in the end. Yeah, I, the experience probably told yeah. um, Tommy Cosgrove uh, or Crossgrave there at centre back. Yeah. Ollie Brilliant. Lewis gave an absolute exhibition in midfield. Some of the fielding was exemplary. Uh, and, and then up front, like you have the likes of Harry Silk was a mid minor a couple of years ago, he didn't even start, he came on. Yeah. Uh, McNally um, and Slevin in the other corner were brilliant for Nafina and they, they carried the can really as regards scoring uh, for Nafina. Slane battled well and Podge McGowan who did the I was start. just going to say Podge McGowan yeah. was just outstanding. Yeah, his goal was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. His first, his, or second, first or second, I don't know which was, was an absolute rocket. Yeah. It nearly, nearly ripped the net off. Um, and look, at he, he he did his best when he came on. He was brought on early uh, in the piece. He's, as we said last week, he's recovering from an injury. He's a huge player for them and will be for the for the upcoming years. But look, at for Slane, it's not all it's not all bad it's news. It's all doom and gloom. No. I, I mean, if these proposals that are you know being talked about at the minute come in this time next year, you know, Slane, St Mary's, um, who else is left in Junior B first teams? But they they're all going to Kilbride. Kilbride. They're all going to be brought up anyway. Yeah. Do you know well, this time next we'll, year into the we'll Junior A Championship? What we'll do is those um, proposals that are being put together, what we might do is we might do a podcast on that in the next coming weeks yeah. um, uh, and maybe get somebody in from it uh, just mm. to go through it all because there's a lot in it and I think it would be uh, a really good discussion to have and it would be a really good podcast mm. so that all the players out there throughout the county can hear what the proposals are. I know that it was sent out to all the clubs and all the captains um, yeah, went. Just a word, yeah, I was, I was one of them there on um, last Wednesday and it was a very productive meeting, I have to say. Um, the, the presentation from Conor O'Donoghue was first class. 
Um, and then the responses from the captains and players and representatives from the different clubs was brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. The feedback was very good. Uh, it was positive. Conor O'Donoghue didn't shy away from any questions. He answered them up front, gave a, gave a reason for, you know, for each question or each uh, dilemma. So, you know, as a player... I hope I hope these proposals will go through at convention. Uh, obviously, it depends on the clubs and the delegates that are voting, but definitely from a player's perspective, I think there's a there's a lot of positive um, changes proposed in that. So we won't need to do that podcast now. <laughs> no, that's great. It, <laughs> it was very interesting though to hear one club captain say that um, he agreed with the proposals. His delegate doesn't. And when he was asked to go back and speak to his delegate, he said, well, there's no point. He doesn't listen to anybody anyway. So that, <laughs> that might just suggest a slight disconnect in some clubs between and the delegates and just, the players. <laughs> that's just a little taster of what you'll get in our podcast about the proposals in Mead <laughs> for the re- restructuring of the championship. We'll even give you the name of that person on that podcast. <laughs> Brian, Brian will. <laughs> so we're going to move on now. Uh, we've got the Mead Potato Intermediate Final. It also took place... On Sunday, this one saw Longwood taking on Ballon Lock. Um, two, two surprise packages, I suppose, getting into this final. But, um, you know, we were talking about it. Was it going to be uh, uh, Paderborn? Was it going to be a Mickey Burke show or whatever? But now it turned out to be, uh, um, what would we say? I, I don't want to say it was a poor final, but it was a cagey final. Mm. Both teams were kind of, um, you know, looking for that killer blow, maybe trying to get a goal just to put themselves ahead, but nobody could get that goal. So it stayed fairly tight. So, uh, and in the end, it was Longwood who saw this through on a scoreline of 11 points to seven, and it sparked off great, great celebrations in Longwood. Kieran, um, uh, a wonderful day for Longwood in the Park Dodge. It was class, and uh, a lot of the social media that I was wa- I following, a good few friends out in Longwood, and uh, a lot of their social media now was showing they were having a hell of a time yeah. in the aftermath of it. But it really is for such a, a small rural area, it does give hope to so many of our clubs out there that you can be in, I think, with three relegation finals in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just shows you that uh, you can really turn around when you get the pro- proper management system, get your tactical approach correct, and get the good lads playing well. I think that's. Like when lads look at, we mentioned the players many times, Demo Healy, uh, Moore, the, the two Healy's, we've Mickey Burke, the two Lynch's, like, to name but a few, mm. Ron Ennis. Loads of lads played really well all year. And then the final, I think just different lads clicked at different times and they seemed convincing from start to finish. And I was quite impressed with Longwood. And but it's interesting, you, you mentioned it already, like they, they played in the qualifier for the junior championship three years in a row, in 2015, 16 and 17. And then 2018, uh, we were at their first game of the year um, when they played um, Dundry and it was a game that we thought Dundry are going to win this handy and even up until half time it looked like Dundry were going to win the game if they just they just hadn't sparked into life but Longwood come out a completely different team and from that day until until the intermediate final um, you know they never looked back and they've got so much heart determination guts you know, and sprinkled with some really good footballers. It's it, it was a really good combination for the intermediate championship, really. And I just absolutely delighted as well, of course, for Mickey Burke, who's been such a good servant to me, G, over the years, and his family. And I had an article in the program about Stony, and there's an interesting man he is, and such a great supporter of the GA in that area in South Mead, and they're just really happy for the lads. And 
And I was kind of slagging Dave Mohealy saying as well that he can't take off the scrum cap until he, until he <laughs> yeah. loses the game. So that's his new thing now. And, and I think he, he might have been wearing it maybe Monday or Tuesday as well from what I saw. So. I'd say he would have been safe wearing it on Monday or Tuesday if he wasn't Sunday. He might need it tonight in conferences. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, David, a word for, for Longwood and I suppose a word for Van Locke as well. Um, you know, a uh, disappointing day for them, but you know, great for them to get to a final. Yeah, Ballinock will be disappointed. They never really got going, in truth. Um, Ladder yeah. was well marshalled. Yeah, well. And, and I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't utilise him in the full forward line in the second half when they had that breeze behind them. Yeah. He, he was playing in around the middle and I thought he was ineffective and he just wasn't really in the game. I thought if he was put in there... Simon Devey, who's a wonderful ball winner for Ballinlock, got two goal chances and like he wouldn't be a renowned goal scorer or a point scorer. It was just a case of the wrong man, wrong place. Had Pather Brown got the ball in them positions, I've no doubt it would have been a different outcome. Yeah. Um. But in saying that, look, Kieran says it like they won by four points, but realistically, Longwood were were comprehensive winners on the day. Um. Evan Coyle missed. Hit, he sorry didn't miss. He hit the post. Well, he did miss. <laughs> he hit the post. Unless he was aiming. For yeah. The post. <laughs> but he, but he hit the post, and then minutes later they they actually won a penalty, which Mickey Burke um was denied brilliantly by Derek Muldoon. That's right. Yeah. And and they should have been two five to no score up. Mm-hmm. That just as you often see it, the the tide turned and Ballinock went down the other end and kicked the next three points. And at That's half right. time it was five three. Five three. And and it, and it did look. At that stage, that the momentum was with Ballinlock yes. and the wind in the second half, mm. um, but, but just didn't utilise it properly. Yeah, Longwood are so like the, their system is so uh, fine tuned at this stage. They've been doing it for years. Like we've talked about, they've added obviously a, a different attacking dimension to their game. Yeah. But they can hold the ball and they can they can play around with it and they're comfortable in doing that. And they, they like needed to do that hand. for long periods in the second half. Yeah. And they did that well. Uh, the likes of Evan Coyle, uh, Mickey Burke in and around the middle there, Damien Healy, who was absolutely outstanding, you know. Pad the burn when he when he got the ball, he had three or four lads around him like Flies, Chris yeah. Lynch, Owen Lynch. These sort of lads they were they were unbelievable for Longwood. Um uh, Ballinock had good performances. Johnny Riley wing back kicked two outstanding points. Um Shawnee Garrett he was on the Mead Hurling team, mm-hmm. he he was brilliant as well. Um, but it just was a case that Ballinlock just didn't have enough lads that performed on the day and Longwood in fairness were, were deserving winners um, and they're after bridging a 76 year gap as that's well. right yeah so massive massive gap uh, between winning their last uh, intermediate final and winning this year's intermediate final a great 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 scenes out in Longwood and, and I'm sure they'll be celebrating for the rest of the week and maybe into next week as well um, and uh, uh, <laughs> I doubt any of them will get to hear a podcast and if they do get to hear it they probably won't remember listening to it um, but well done to all the lads out in Longwood delighted for, for, for the lads great win on that we'll just go to the predictions very quickly um, I had predicted Ballinlock and the three lads had predicted Longwood um, uh, so were you so right or wrong Michael? oh I, I'd be wrong on that one but <laughs> and any other loophole you try to get yourself a point out of it or Oh, oh right no, after first oh, score. Oh no, I don't look for loopholes. <laughs> uh, I think that would be you. <laughs> so we're going to move on now. Uh, that's uh, the junior and intermediate finals done. We're going to move on now to the, the big one, the Fairyhouse Steel Senior Championship semi-finals that took place. And the first one took place on Saturday. Um, Simon St. Gales against Dunboyne. And Dunboyne, very, very convincing winners in this game. Two goals and 16 to eight points uh, to Simonson. That game, seven points to four at halftime, or seven points to three in favour of Simonstown at halftime, four-point lead. And um, I suppose 
a misfire in Simon's team in the first half is probably, you know, what pushed on and stemmed, uh, or sorry, that pushed a, a Dunboyne team into that massive, massive um, uh, return in the second half. 2.13 to a point in the second half. And who, and who got that point for Simon's team? Um... Well, uh, I, I I can't remember, but I just remember that he's uh, he's a wonderful footballer. I could, I was watching him from the stand, um, and uh, I know look, um, it was it was myself. It was a fourteen yard free. I was trying to put it in the top corner to try and put a bit of respectability on the scoreline, but um, it just went over the crossbar. I gave it everything I had, but um, a disappointing disappointing day for Simons and Gales champions the last two years, and in fairness. The last three years, the last two years, this year and, and, and the two previous years, Dunboyne have been a formidable force in, 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 in the GA in, in Mead. And, you know, two cracking games, quarterfinal last year and the year before between Simonstown and Dunboyne. And it was their day in the sun on, on, on uh, Saturday and fully deserved win. But, um, David, how did you how did you see the game yourself? Yeah, I, I just like, before I, I go on to talk about Dunboyne in the game, I'd just like to say, you know, you're, you're, you were part of the, the two in a row winning side back-to-back uh, champions and Simon Simon were brilliant champions and they were so gracious in defeat last Saturday you know that there's many as a club or many as a team uh, you know wouldn't have been and, and in fairness every single one of them stood there and shook hands and wished them going well uh, and and rightfully they got a terrific reception walking into the dressing room yeah. from their from their followers who stayed back and um, that's the kind of class you, it's, it's very easy to have class when you win championships and that but when you're, when you're actually losing games and, and lose big games like that you know it's, it's the sign of a, a really good team and a really good club as well so um, fair play to Simon Sound for that um, Dunboyne look at as you said they've been knocking on the door for the last couple of years to the field like they left one behind last year against Simon Sound in the quarter final but they went one step further we talked about in the intermediate final the penalty how it could have had an impact with, with yeah. Mickey Burke missing it didn't in the end but definitely, you know, in the Simonstown game, I feel that uh, Mark McCabe's penalty miss or save um, had had a had a had a big influence on the game and huge and the outcome. Yeah, because did, yeah. like you talked about, like Simonstown were four points up with the wind at half time. That would have been seven at least had he had he stuck the ball away. Look, at, he's 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 been a fantastic player for Simonstown. So got yeah. a lot of goals over the years, especially. I I I saw a replay of the of the of the penalty, and in fairness. You know, he put that ball in the corner, but the goalkeeper for Dunboyne, um, Keane Flynn, a wonderful, wonderful save. Mm-hmm. Full stretch, right across the goals. He had left, <laughs> it was funny because when we were watching it from the from the, uh, from the the subs bench, you could see that he had stood to the left-hand side of the goal, so he was leaving the whole right-hand mm-hmm. side open and kind of uh, pushing Crouchy to shoot that way. But Crouchy did, in fairness, get it right to the corner. Oh, yeah. And he got a full hand on that ball right at the corner. It was a wonderful save. And as you, you said, it was pivotal in that game because only moments before that, Donald Lenehan had broken through and from 20 yards took a shot on goal. Mm. I thought he probably should have tap, tapped it over just right. to settle the nerves for, mm. for Dunboyne. But Robbie Burlingham made a great save. We went out, got the ball down the other end of the field. Um, uh, we're down for a couple of minutes. I think we got a point and then we got the penalty. And Dunboyne looked a bit shaky at that stage. Yeah. Had we got the penalty, who knows? But look, it's all hindsight. Um, and speaking to their, their their management, the Dunboyne management uh, after the game, and this is like they were really nervous in the first half, and they thought because we were on top of things, we Simonson really were dominating the first half, but just weren't getting the scores. And when they went in at half time, they were like, "Lads, we're only three points down, four points down here. 
with this a game, force with a game force win, this game should probably be over now if they had taken their chances. Go out and win this game. And in fairness to them, they absolutely annihilated us in the second half. Their defence was brilliant. Their midfield was brilliant. And then their shooting from long range was just outstanding. Um, and a great bunch of lads. I, when I did come on, I came on with about 10 minutes to go or whatever. I had a little bit of a ding-dong. Yeah, seen with the, with the, in the mic, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a ding-dong with the cornerback and whatever. And... Um, he, there was there was a couple of things about the podcast thrown in oh, or yeah. whatever and I may have said something sure how would you understand it like uh, oh. it's it's in English you know it's not in Dublinish oh, and we had a bit of crack <laughs> no but there was a bit of there was a bit yeah, of crack yeah, going on or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it was now at the time we were probably were a bit serious and whatever um, and with about five minutes to go I just turned around and I shook his hand and I says look lad I says we're after getting yellow cards I don't want to see you missing the final mm. let's not do anything stupid you just have this game won and you know I just like just let's finish out the game and he says fair play let to me him. score a point I says yeah let, <laughs> I says, just let me score a point it could be my last point you know ever for, for Simon and it was just um, he, he, he just turned around and he says yeah fair play he says and, and look he's been and we were chatting about it then he was mm. like oh he's been great champions and the whole lot and they really are a good bunch of lads and they're just they're, they're I think you know if they do win the senior final which I do think they will against Summerhill they could go well in Leinster. Is it, so yeah, and it'd be an unprecedented double with the junior as well. Yeah, and and it just speaks volumes for for the club and the work being done there. Um, yeah, I just thought I put up a tweet on on Saturday evening or Sunday there, or Saturday evening, um, and said what a what a day it was for for Dunboyne. It'll Absolutely, live long in yeah. the memory, you know, in the history books for them. Um, but like we talk about the two lads all the time, Dona Lenehan and Robbie McCarthy. And in yeah. fairness, as you said, they were kept quiet in the first half. Lenehan's goal chance was probably all he really he, had he, he in the kicked, first half. Kicked a yeah. couple of frees, but he kicked ones wide as well. But then he showed his class. He kicked one. Um, outrageous score with the outside of the right boot from under the stand it was yeah. a fantastic score Robbie McCarthy with his left boot just unbelievably uh, accurate as well but all over the pitch we talk about Ronan Jones and that and I thought it was his brother Niall who who was 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 probably the better player and we probably don't give him enough on the credit. day yeah yeah, yeah absolutely he, he really shone Niall really did shine now on yeah Saturday. and like Ronan started in midfield and, and James Kilcullen was giving him his fair share of it in mm-hmm. midfield and it was a really good battle and then Niall sort of got the upper hand in the second half and Dunboyne really you know, was a springboard from them for, from the kickouts to a winning as well. And you have to remember as well, Cahill Finn went off very early in that game and he's yeah. one of their talisman on that team. He is a really, really mm-hmm. important player for that team. So for them to lose him early in the game and then come out and have the second half that they did, it was it's a credit to them. They were absolutely fantastic and... and, and and just uh, sorry, just a word for for Gavin McCoy as well, yeah. the centre back, and Seamus Lavin, as we all know, is a is an exceptional player too. Them them two in the half back line were brilliant, and after losing Cottle Finn especially, like that's a formidable line for Dunboyne. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the two lads stood up big time. Like that's an exceptional half back line. Cottle Finn has been a county footballer. Gavin McCoy called in on the Mead panel last year, and Seamus Lavin was one of Mead's best players last year. Yeah, like. Simonson's half back line is probably their strongest line, but Dunbines is in probably an equal to it. Mm-hmm. And when if you have a strong half back line like that, it's a brilliant springboard yeah. for any team. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Well, Dunboyne uh, see themselves through to the uh, senior championship final, and uh, they will be taking on uh, Summerhill, who on Sunday then took uh, on Dunamore Ashburn in Park Tolchin, and this finished Summerhill three goals and twelve, Dunamore Ashburn two goals and seven. And to be honest with you, this game, the first half of this game was a very, very poor uh, uh, first half of football. 
But Summerhill, against the wind in the second half, came out like a team possessed. And it just, again, this I think this game as well hinged on, on a moment at the start of the second half. It was a Dunamore-Ashburn uh, attack and uh, Gilligan Gilligan yeah coming bearing down on goal in from the left hand side shoots with the left foot saved brilliantly in fairness by um, uh, by Tony McDonald um, and I think it could have been a double save he saved it and then he I think he had to go and win the ball or yeah. something but they then Summerhill go up the other end of the field and get a goal Summerhill weren't awake up until that moment so they weren't it, it took a moment of, of brilliance from Tony McDonald, the goalkeeper for Summerhill to wake up um, there was only a couple of points between the teams at the, um, when he made that save and I think that Dunham or Ashburn had they got the goal mm. the momentum would have been with them but the fact that Summerhill were able to go up the other end of the field and I think it was Barry Dardis um, who got the goal yeah. was it? Yeah um, or, or, or Davy Dalton actually got Sorry Davy Dalton yeah, yeah, got, got the got first the one it was one, the yeah, soccer style one yeah. showed great composure um, the ball broke to him after a great save mm. from Hannigan and the ball broke and he just showed the composure he could have just pulled in the first time it could have went anywhere but he stopped he weighed up his options and saw that there was a gap and just drilled it into the net. And I don't think Dunham or Ashburn were ever going to come back from that goal. Um, the wind was knocked out of their sails. Um, but Summerhill, they were a completely different team in the second half, David. Yeah, we, we, we were doing commentary for it, myself and yourself. Mm. And uh, we talked about Ashburn in their quarterfinal win over a tote, sort of, it was retote letting them dictate the game. And for large parts of the first half, with Summerhill with that breeze that we keep mentioning... Uh, seemingly just were were just lacked intensity. Their tackling wasn't was non-existent, and um, they were standing off their men. They were letting Ashburn dictate, and Ashburn would have been thrilled to just go in three points down. And and Ashburn had a double goal chance saved as well yeah, in the in the first half when Colin Mwelloge found himself uh, way too far up the field. Yeah. <laughs> and he was actually he was just about to run off the pitch when he got the ball because he was inside the small square like right on the end line receives the ball great save from Tony McDonald again yeah. and then I think it was a defender yeah. saved it off the line and again that 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 no, I don't think that was pivotal I think uh, the, the the goal chance after uh, at the start of the second half was a bigger mm. um, uh, uh, sway in uh, towards Summerhill definitely that goal if, if if they had got it at the start of the second half or at the end of the first half indeed it would have levelled it up and then David Dalton, 90 seconds later, puts the ball in the net and somewhere yeah. six points up when really it could have been or probably should have been a level game. And that was huge. But look, we talk about Summerhill and I'm a huge fan of theirs. I have been for, for quite a while now and I, I love that full forward line, the two Dalton brothers and Barry in between. Like You're mentioning the full forward line, but in the first half, there was only one player who looked like he wanted to uh, bring the game to Ashburn. That was Kevin Ryan wing yeah. forward. And I thought he was outstanding from start to finish. But he was the only player with intensity yeah. uh, running at the Dunamore uh, Ashburn uh, team in the first Harry, half. Yeah. Chasing and harrying. And every time he got the ball, he was at full pelt. Mm. The rest of them seemed very laboured and lethargic yeah. so they did in the first half. But in the second half, you're saying you're mentioning the full forward line, Dardis, the two Daltons, uh, and Larkin as well at centre forward. They all really came into the game with Kevin Ryan. They, the three lads in the full forward line contributed three ten yeah. out of three twelve, right? 
and Kevin Ryan got the other two points as we said and he mm. was probably look at Barry Dard has scored two sixties man of the match but Kevin Ryan you'd, you'd nearly give him joint man of the match or co-man of the match whatever he was outstanding um, throughout not just in the second half when look at they were trying to they were struggling to get the right ball into the lads in the, in the first half they didn't know how to use the wind exactly and they're actually a better team when they're running at teams yeah. when Davy Dalton gets running at or Sean Dalton whoever it is or Barry gets it off the shoulder they, that suits them better than having a big breeze behind them other teams are different, you know, in the sense that they can use the breeze a lot better. But I think all over the pitch, um, Keelan Young at full back was was brilliant on on the danger man Andrew Tommy. Yeah, yeah, he was. He he was he's just so cute, and he got out in front and just used his body in the right way. Um, I we think found we f- found as well that Andrew Tommy because he wasn't getting any luck in the full forward line came out the field mm. and then when he came out the field he had the legs maybe to get back into full forward yeah. so he was ineffective so, something similar to Pat Byrne in, yeah, in the intermediate exactly final. yeah and and look at they are reliant on Andrew Tormey obviously but look at Gilligan had a fantastic first half a little bit quieter in the second half but he was the one he was the go-to man in the first half from wing back and um, really contributing and Connor Carton on the far side as well was outstanding um, and it looked good for Ashburn at halftime. Really did, you, yeah. You'd, you'd put some money on Ashburn at halftime going on and winning the two game. Two wing backs were exceptional, as you said. Yeah, and, and on Waylord, in fairness, was holding the centre. So when the two lads did go bombing forward, he held the middle. And and that that worked brilliantly. He was taken off early in the second yeah. half as well. And we were kind of surprised at that because yeah, up until then, it looked like he was their best player. Mm. Now, I was talking to him afterwards and he was playing a sweeper's role. And I think that they abandoned the sweeper after the goal yeah. went in. But he just was on Everything he was involved in everything that was good for Ashburn in the first half, and mm. you know I I just I don't like when managers are ageist, and you see it happening an awful lot with, with these old <laughs> ages, older, <laughs> experienced guys. Slow, slow <laughs> I know. I just uh, you but, know. But, uh, I just thought that he was excellent, yeah. and I just you know. Um, I can understand what the manager was at though as well at the same time. Like. But he still would have been a good option for pushing up on a player like he's a big, strong, mm. physical player, a good ball player. It was a strange move to take him off because he is he's very influential. Something else on that game as well, lads, we just have to pick it up before we move on, is number 30 for Dunhamore Ashburn, Gary Sweeney. Um, hadn't kicked the ball for Dunhamore Ashburn all year and came in and started this game. Um, signed from St. Sylvester's um, uh, to Dunhamore Ashburn, I think before their quarter-final game, and um, came on and played. He's a dub. Obviously, um, uh, must be living in Ashburn or whatever, but um, it was an interesting one to see in a semi-final. A guy who hadn't played a game of football all year comes in. Um, didn't look 100% fit, um, mm. but did look like he had football in him. He kind of reminded me of um, of Alan Brogan a little bit in his style, um, the way he kicks the ball away, he solos and runs at players. Mm. Um, but you can see that there's football in him. Did you see him, uh, Brian? Yeah, he's a, he's a talented footballer now. He's came with a good reputation from St. Sylvester's. But like, it's one thing starting a fellow who hasn't played for you all year if he's been with you previously. Mm-hmm. But for somebody to come in in a crucial game like that, having never played with the team, kind of very hard for fellows Trained to get for about six weeks at the moment. Trained for about six weeks, but training and playing in a county semi-final, there's no comparison. Well, himself and Andrew Tommy combined twice for the for two goals. goals. Yeah. Um, for Dunhamore Ashburn I know that his <clears throat> the combination for the second one was a Sweeney shot mm. that the keeper saved and, and uh, uh, Nando just happened to be there for the Nando show uh, and just pa- uh, uh, just toe poked it into the net but the first goal was brilliant in fairness I thought um, Nando's run and his 
unselfishness yeah. to play that ball across the square for Sweeney just to palm into the net and um, showed the quality as well of Andrew Tommy. Mm, the two the two lads look at he, he could be a big player for Dunrashburn in the coming years. Mm. As Brian says, it's very difficult for a lad to come into a club, a different club, different landscape, whatever it is, let alone coming into a different championship. You know, he's played in Dublin, which is which is different to <coughs> club football in Mead. And uh, like he limped into the to the program at number thirty, but he, 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 <laughs> when we seen him coming out, we kind of had our suspicions that he was always going to start. Um, but look at he, he he had flashes. We should and and look at Ashburn had a good year. They'll be disappointed with the manner of the defeat and the manner of the second half performance. Yeah. But there is definitely positives to pick out of it. I do think I still think they need to be a bit more adventurous in it in it, in an attacking sense. Um, if they're going to go that. One step forward, and they'll have and to win pick it, somebody the from their their intermediate. Maybe look at their intermediates mm. and see if there's any forwards or whatever. They just need to. They, yeah. That's what they're lacking. Maybe is just one or two good, uh, solid scoring forwards. And Dylan Brady would have played intermediate yeah. up till maybe this year. He and and he's, he was a very good player at intermediate level. And I thought he tried very hard um, on Sunday. He, he showed for everything and won a lot of ball. I think he might have kicked a point or two. But as you said, like there is, they're playing a good level out of intermediate football. I know Dubuyne will be joining them next year, but for years they've been the only second team in the intermediate grade, which should stand to them and should be standing to them. Um, so look, I don't think Ashburn is, are as far away as people might think, but they definitely need to maybe just tweak a few things if they're going to go that one step further. I, don't, I have a question maybe for Michael might know with the insider knowledge, but uh, does anyone did, would you like to comment on the mystery of Simonson's number 30 or... I have my own suspicions. What happened there? Now? Uh, I see it's blank on the program. It's blank. Which you check the official guide. That would be another thing prohibited. Have we already comment on that now. Who was wearing number thirty? I don't know. Did he come on? No, he didn't come on. No. Oh, okay, that's all right. Yeah. So no comment, is it? No, uh, well, there's no need to comment. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't start the game. He didn't come on. So no, uh, I don't think he, the flight came in and time. We actually had game. 30, 31 and thirty-two as well. So we did. And uh, is it? Would that be defaulted? The the guy who was writing the program that didn't include the names, or would that have been? No, it's uh, only insider track. You know what goes on behind them closed doors. I was, I was asked. To you start, you start giving, blank, a, you, know? you start giving us the insider track to what's happening behind the closed doors in the CCC and the county board, <laughs> and we'll start telling you things like he was wearing number thirty. But anyway, that's they were the, hoping maybe someone might be wearing it. Maybe, that's the, the fairy, final, the fairy, that's the fairy house steel semi finals. Um, uh, uh, done and dusted. Uh, that means that Summerhill will be taking on um, a, a very, very strong Dun Dunboyne team. A local derby, there's not far in the distance between them. That'll be a, a right ding-dong battle there between those two teams. That's taking place on the Sunday the 14th, I believe, of uh, October in Park Talchon. So if you're about to get out to that, it is going to be... I'd say that's going to be a cracker of a game. If we can get the Summerhill from the second half uh, of their game against Dunham Ashburn, coming up against Dunboyne um, on, on that day, I'd say it could be a cracking game of final. We're just going to look at a couple of other um, uh, adult games there's the Junior C final has taken the Junior C final Championship final has taken place this Sunday um, at s so, sorry Sunday the 7th in Paddy O'Brien Park and it's Clonagale taken on Rathoth and that's at 11.30am up in Navan O'Matneys the Junior D final sees um, Beliver taken on Rathoth and that's Thursday the 11th in Dungani and then uh, with Courtown staying up because of the way the the, the um, permutations and combinations went. The just to have arts, a look at dark the dark arts and whatever. <laughs> I suppose 
a quick look across to your neighbours there in Bohemian because we have talked about it before. Um, St. Dalton's last weekend or last week on Monday night um, were relegated back from intermediate to junior championship. Um, would you fancy getting them in uh, in your group in the junior championship next year? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Risman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a wanted man now. But um, no, look at it. Uh, it's probably it probably is destiny and we probably will draw them first round of the championship but um, that, no that's not destiny it's it, what would they do Sepp Lather to just heat, heat the balls up or cool <laughs> them down you know it's very easy to do that that's what happens at that meetings every Tuesday yeah. night you know? <laughs> but um, no look at it, it was actually the type of game it was against Castletown it was, it was a very good game for a relegation playoff the standard and the intensity in the game was was good um, but Ulton's race into a five point lead and, and a win nearly wouldn't have done them in the sense that they got such a heavy beat in, in, the, in the game before against Kilmainham that they yeah. needed to win well. And after five minutes, it, it looked, looked like, like they, were they, going they would. And Castletown didn't look like they were up to much. Um, they got a foothold and again, it was Kevin Ross, you know, their, their talisman or their main man um, who, who grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck. And uh, he dragged Karen Ro- or Castletown rather back into it. Um, Ulton's look at this is probably coming for a couple of years now they've been in relegation I think you've mentioned it here on the podcast before Brian and myself joined is that if there was a trophy for you know being in relegation playoffs you were, were talking about it but well Longwood had it and yeah Longwood the, long, the, the two teams were trading between I don't them, like calling it a relegation I, I like to call it a junior championship qualifying match <laughs> yeah yeah but look at it, they'll probably reflect and, and they'll come down and they'll realise that maybe they haven't been hitting the heights that they'd expect in the intermediate championship yeah. and junior maybe they can rebuild they have some young youth there and, and they have some older lads too and maybe it's a chance to give the young lads a, a, a go you know and that's yeah. probably something that needs to be done in St Ulton's. Um, for Castletown look at they've had a, a wretched year as well but they'll be thrilled to stay up um, in the end and they'll be looking forward to intermediate football again in 2019 um, yeah they're just they're just playing with low numbers I know Hank Trainer was over them in 2017 and mm. um, Hank couldn't praise them highly enough but just you always needed to just have small numbers and there's not much that they can do, you can do I say it every week you know it's a no brainer and <laughs> numbers it's a numbers game you know numbers and no brainer they're, they're my two my two um, phrases stuck together in, in one uh, one little go but um, yeah um, it does mean now that maybe maybe who knows we might see El Clasico El Bohemian Clasico or we might see the two teams sitting down to discuss something like an amalgamation, getting into bed to, together or something, as David Rispin just gasps for a bit of water there as I say that. But look, you know, we'll we'll come back to that. We could do a podcast on that as well. Uh, we're going to move on now. We're going to move on to the minor board. Oh, David, 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 David turns green. <laughs> That's just a hangover. <laughs> Uh, we're going to move on to the minor uh, board. And, um, the minor football division one uh, championship semi-finals took place. On the weekend, and Dunhamore Ashburn uh, defeated Centralstown on a scoreline of two fifteen to two nine, and St Colum kills three ten to Navano Matney's one goal and four. Two comprehensive wins, really. St Colum kills winning by uh, a, a large margin. It was uh, two goals and six is twelve points, and um, Dunhamore Ashburn winning by six points against Centralstown. Brian, um, your own club, Centralstown. Just weren't able to uh, come up against the, uh, weren't able to get the result against the fancy Dunhamore Ashburn. No, um, Dunhamore Ashburn got off to a brilliant start. They in around seven or eight, seven points scored after nine minutes. They were playing with the, with the breeze behind them, playing into the railway end in Sanchestown, and 
as everybody knows, they're the, sto- they're the scoring goals and they they just boxed Sanchez-Hun in and they couldn't get out of their own half for a long for a long period. Who were the, the standout half. players for Dunmore Ashburn on the night? Uh, well, Killian Hogan dominated midfield before he got a black card early in the second half. Was he a sub on the mid team? He was a sub on the mid team along with Killian Hegarty and David Carr. Who right. was Killian as midfield alongside him and David Carr as centre-back. Um, Daryl Sullivan, who was midfield for the mid minor hurlers, he was in the 40 and a... A very reliable free taker. He just kept the scoreboard ticking over. Any fouling in the sense in defence, Sullivan punished. And uh, then a number twenty three star uh, was in from the start, Kevin Cully. And like it wasn't number thirty, no. No. Did but, he come from Saint Sylvester's as <laughs> well? No, and, and, he, and he was or actually even further again. He was actually named on the programme. There's no scuddery on Dunmore Ashford's behalf. Like they're a huge for an under seventeen, they're a huge team. Hogan's about six foot five. Cully is something similar. Like not many teams can leave Mead under six Mead development under sixteen panelists on the bench, mm. and Dunmore Ashburn have one or two there who didn't even start, which is a huge sign of strength and depth. Dunmore Ashburn see themselves through to that minor division one final, and they're going to be taking on Saint Colum Kills, who uh, defeated uh, Navin O'Matneys as we said by twelve points and. Um, St. Column kills again very, very strong as well in this game. And 12 points, but it could have been 24. And they uh, struck the woodwork three times going for goal. This game was in Piltown, was in it? In Piltown, yeah. yeah. O'Mahony's had a strong breeze behind him in the first half and kills still managed to go in ahead. Um, in the first half, they struck the crossbar going for goal, they struck the post going for goal, they struck the post going for a pint, kicked a good few wides. The breeze was... Difficult now, in fairness. Mm-hmm. And in the second half, they struck the crossbar, I think, again. And the Amahni's keeper pulled off two or three brilliant saves. He was actually down as number 16 on the on the programme, Dylan Kavanagh. But his shot stopping was top class. And um, there's a number seven wing back for St. Colum Kills. And in their tote game the last day and last night... He was absolutely outstanding, Stephen Breen. Was he a member of the Mead minor panel? He wasn't actually, no. no whether he could be a late developer perhaps, but he's definitely somebody, if there was a rookie squad put, being put in place next year. A development squad of some sort. He'd have to be pushing to be included because he's been he's, he's good size, he's tall, he's strong, he's a good ball player. Like he was an extra forward really last night. He was he didn't play as an orthodox wing back. He was an extra you half have forward. To be, you have to be athletic now these days to play that position and get mm-hmm. up and down the field. Dunmore Ashburn are going to take on this in Colin Kills team in the final. I was talking to a couple of people who were at both games. You were at both games as well. There's different. There's conflicting uh, beliefs coming out uh, about this final. The person I was talking to felt that St. Colin Kills maybe had uh, uh, better players. You reckon yourself Dunmore Ashburn would be the stronger of these two teams in the final. This final obviously going to take place before the senior championship final on Sunday the 14th. It's going to be the um, the curtain raiser for the senior championship final. Well, when they met in round two of the championship in Piltown earlier in the year, there was, I think, only a point maybe separated them. Dunmore Ashburn did get a late penalty to reduce the deficit. It's a game really that could go either way. Mm. If I was a, uh, any, if I had any interest in mead football, and I was thinking of going along to the county final, I'd be getting in early, because it has the real makings of a classic. Two good teams. Two, two good teams. Two good ball playing teams. Two big mobile teams. Like for the kills, there, Rory Hanlon was outstanding last night. 
big, strong. Like he's a loud miner. We won't hold that against him. <laughs> but like he's we will. a no, we will. <laughs> <laughs> he's Until a, he makes that transfer across, we're going to hold it against him. He like he he just continually punched holes in the O'Mahony's defence. Keen Flynn, who he's more noted as a midfielder or wing forward. He's on Connor Dunn, who's developing panel at under sixteen. He's been in goals for the last couple of games. Andy Ahechaya, he's midfield for the 16s. He was yeah. at 40 last night. Now, he has a tendency to drift in and out of games, but when he's in, he causes havoc. Yeah, he was excellent for the Mead uh, under-16 yeah. team in but the Jerry Riley tournament. If he's under 40, he's going to be picking up, being picked up by David Carr, and David is a serious operator. So that That's a battle and a half. That'll be an interesting yeah. one for that uh, uh, minor final. But um, So that game is going to take place, as we said before, it's going to be the curtain raiser to the senior championship final in two weeks' time. So get in early. Um, as Brian says, this could be a cracking game of football. Two really good sides. Probably the two best sides um, in that minor championship uh, throughout the year. So um, it's great to see the two of them meeting in the final. In the Division 2 final, it's going to be Dunshockland taking on North Mead Gales. Both of these teams winning their semi-finals quite com- comprehensively. The Chocolate five twelve, Waterstown two eight, and North Mead Gales six eleven, Screen one eleven. But in fairness to North Mead Gales, there's about fourteen teams. Is that right, David? No, no, that's not our. Oh, that's not, not your imagination. <laughs> that's another one. No, there's, that, there's actually two teams in North Mead now. Is that what Cortown and St Dalton's could call themselves if they did go into an amalgam? North Mead Gales. No, no, I don't no. think so. No, no, all right, all right, just, that'd be a copyright just, issue. Just, just not bandits, maybe, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but both of these teams, they, uh, uh, Brian, winning their, their semi-finals quite convincingly. Are we looking at something similar for the um, for the Division 2 final, the two best teams in it, and maybe a cracking game of football on the bank holiday Monday at Halloween? Yeah, I, that's a game that I'm really looking forward to. Um, North Mead Gales, which is Kilmaine and Wood, John Connor and Mead Hill combined. They have they've been very impressive so far. Now they were unlucky to come second in the group. How um, were these? How how was the grading done for these? Did the the, the teams asked to be in Division Two or it was based on their league performances in the minor league right. earlier in the year? Uh, North Mead Gales. They seem, both of these teams seem very strong yeah. for Division Two. North Mead Gales were. I can't remember if they actually won the Division Three league, but they're definitely in the Division Three league final. Oh, right. Uh, Shockland didn't win a game in the Division 1 league so they got relegated Okay. now per- perhaps at full strength Dunshockland are good enough to be Division 1 but you have to base it on the league performances they didn't win a game so they got relegated but they have they have two minor all-stars in Luke Mitchell and Matt Costco just as you mentioned that that's... who they picked up their awards in Crow Park on Saturday oh, yeah, afternoon and I'd just yeah. like to take the opportunity to congratulate the two lads they had marvellous years with Mead yeah fantastic I think Luke was the top scorer in the championship as a whole and Matt's importance to the team was probably understated maybe from a supporter's point of view when he was on the pitch but mm-hmm. it, was, it became clear in the games he missed injured for the Offaly game when the minor struggled didn't play against Wicklow when they were beaten and he got injured against Galway in the yeah. All-Ireland semi-final and that was it he was flying until he got a bad belt up around the, on the head and 
he just he hadn't the same impact when he went back on. Yeah, we want to just congratulate the two lads. I just want to bring you back to something there. It might be something that we uh, can discuss in another podcast as well. But it's an interesting way of doing it, that your league performance determines which championship you're in. It's done in some senior championships around the country. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting one. You know, it's something that could be maybe brought forward to the senior, uh, junior, intermediate championships, David. Yeah, uh, Monaghan is the, yeah. the, the example I know of that. And... Um, Matt McLoon, for example, there were knocked out of the senior championship at Monaghan two weeks ago in the semi final against Scotstown. They actually had three or four league matches left, and they're down towards the bottom of Division One. So if they actually got relegated from Division One, that'd mean they'd be dropping back to intermediate, intermediate for the championship for next, next year. year. After yeah. being finalists last year and semi finalists yeah, this year, exactly. In the and they 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 were better obviously in the semi final, and they came out actually last weekend, and they were playing Scotstown again in the league. Scottstown are preparing now for a county final. They absolutely thump Scottstown. Now, look, at Scottstown are probably happy enough for where they're at and they're preparing for a county final, but Mara Clune came out. <laughs> if that was in Mead, for example, and it, look, we're in a good position where we don't have any league matches after championship yeah. knocked out, but if, if that was the case, there'd be a lot of dead rubbers because the importance of them is is, is, is null and void exactly, after, yeah. after being knocked out of the championship. Sort of like the Fesh Cup example. But um, definitely, I think it makes the leagues more competitive and it makes... Every game important, even if you're knocked out of the championship this weekend and you have three league games and you know you need to win one or two games, you know, they're, they're played like or they're approached um, like championship games. Absolutely, and, and, and it is something that, uh, you know, is to be commended in the minor board. So that final, we'll see Dunshockland taking on, as we said, North Mead Gales. That's going to be the bank holiday uh, Monday. And that's going to be on Halloween weekend, so at the end of the um, of October. Um, we're just going to move on now, and uh, very quickly we're going to go through the hurling finals that are taking place this weekend. I suppose we better mention the junior hurling final, which is going to see Trim taking on Rathout, and that's on Saturday at two p.m. And Trim also in the minor and senior final on Sunday. Um, we'll go to the intermediate final that's going to see Gail Colum kill that's Gail Colum kills from Kells boys just uh, to let you know you're getting a big mention and they're taking on Nafina um, great credit to both of these teams Gail Colum kill and Nafina Kieran um, Gail Colum kill a lot of their a lot of a crossover between their, their football team and their hurling team and of course with Nafina as well um, Nafina have a lot of lads uh, playing both the football that would have been playing on the weekend there in the uh, uh, the junior championship the, the junior, junior B, B sorry junior B championship final um, and they're going to have a lot of crossover of players playing in that final Absolutely I always have a soft spot for Gael Conkill especially because uh, my father taught in the, the boys primary school there for 35 years so every single player that would have went through the Kells school that's playing on the team my father would have taught and the, the lot of them would have won coming to one school division one hurling and football title so there's a lot of good lads there mm-hmm. a lot of them probably drift away from the hurling and kind of focus on football but whenever they get a chance to, to play in a hurling final they always really give it Dixie and Kells and they really are a, a kind of an area of a club that really love no matter what game they're playing in they give it Dixie sort of yeah, well, Fresh <laughs> Cup League handball. whatever it is <laughs> well, every time you come up against them you just you always know yeah. you're going to get against the scars to show oh, yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> would you believe me own daughter no uh, <laughs> but like, the likes Honestly. of uh, Fionn Ferguson for example Fionn is a great skillful hurler and there's a few lads on that team who are very skillful but maybe for every skillful lad they might have two lads who are tough like yeah. and they don't let any other hurl like, they spoil a good lad get the ball to the good lad and that's how Kells are very effective and the likes of Michael Foley the full back is just kind of an eternally great skillful hurler like he just full back always wins his ball clean as a whistle comes out and plays the ball and I think 
I'd love to see Gail Colum kill win just from the, the family point of view of my father. But then Nafina were in the final last year. God, we're not giving Nafina. I'm just going to say Anne last Nafina. week. Last week it was slain, and now this no, week no, it's no, 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 from that junior B team, actually, the full half back line were at Maline men, so they're not going to be hurling. Sean Coffey was one, yeah, wasn't he? Coffey, yeah, and the Slevens. So they'd have a, there's an decent kind of crossover. What e- way do you see this game going? You'd imagine going from last year's performance, and I've seen both teams play. Nafina, you'd imagine, are the technically better, better uh, gifted team. But I think Gail Column Kill can bring a tenacity level that's probably unmatched in the county. And when you start giving them 30 commands, Running at them, I think they might just have it. Hopefully, yeah, as I said, hopefully. Who, who ever thought of giving Kells lads hardy sticks? I just, I just. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know, that, that's a question for the the historians. <laughs> no, they're they're dangerous enough on a football pitch without hardy stick, and now you're giving them hurls. But I know, look, so great bunch of lads, draw, uh, and, great bunch of lads, and, and Kells will be edging extra time. And so that that's his prediction for 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 the intermediate hurling. But uh, best no, luck to no both teams. Gonna throw their hat in I wonder if they'll be. I'll uh, go with Nafina. They were beaten after a replay yeah, last year, and that experience might be crucial. Yeah, but and the guys are taken into the count that they're. That a lot of those lads are going to be hung over as hell come the final and uh, uh, a few of the first team footballers like Ethan Devine and that is a, a great prospect maybe even looking at rookie squads and senior football mm, definitely. Like he's a man that brings serious athleticism to the team and it'll be interesting to see how much like them lads obviously knocked out the senior football early enough but unlike Kells who were in the semi-final yeah. mm. so it'll be interesting to see the, the fitness of Gail Colm Kill should be quite high Yeah, it'll be interesting to see will Nafina be able to match the fitness levels because mm-hmm. the, the Gail Colm Kill team will be more of a dual team than Nafina Right. I'd say they're both very crossover, but Gail Column Kill is pretty much over. So Kieran is predicting a Gail Column Kill win on that one, just to let you know. Um, we're going to move on now. On on Sunday at one pm in um, Park Tolchin, as we said already, Trim Miners are taking on uh, Killian Longwood at one pm, and then their senior hurlers three finals for 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 Trim on Sunday. So Trim and Kalyan Longwood, um great work being done at Trim at Kieran at the moment and the management team of the senior hurlers are going to be over the minor team. So they're going to have a long day in Park Talchin on Sunday. Absolutely. Neely Cole, uh, a great stalwart of the Ratmaline club originally and he, he moved into Trim and he's raised a family there and all the kids, Mikey the son is playing with the minor team, played with the county this year. Joey Joey's wing back I think in that team, isn't he? And Neely just brings a great wealth of experience. Like so many of the, the Ratmaline players, as Martin O'Halloran always laments, he says that the Ratmaline team are the best team that's not playing together because they've the diaspora of Ratmaline. <laughs> it's a bit of a winch and a cry, but but, <laughs> but Needy Cole brings a great um great expertise as a coach. And that team has won pretty much all the way through since under fourteen. He had two, like the, the trim team have went to Fela, they went I think it was five times in a row. It was only this year where Toth went instead of them to break that cycle. So they've had a conveyor belt of juvenile talent. So you'd imagine they're going to edge it, but then at the same time, Klein Longwood played Nafina in the final last year, mm-hmm. and I think did Nafina. I'm trying to remember who won that Nafina last year. Won Nafina won because they were in the football, weren't they as well? And a few lads like Ethan Devine that were on that team, and it'd be interesting to see will the Klein Longwood team see they're a small village again with the Hill of Down and Longwood, and most of them lads are playing, even though it was under 18 last year and this year's under 17. Most of them lads were on the panel because of the small kind of catchment area they have. So yeah be interested to see what they bring to the table this time. But you imagine Trim, as I said, they've had the history. 
they probably should edge it in the minor but I think it's great for a senior club like Trim to have senior final junior final and minor final and minor series final. I was just going to say you the know, club the, of the, the year if the, they the, could do it like. absolutely the Trim the Trim um, the Trim Hurling uh, community will be spending all of uh, the weekend uh, sitting beside maybe taking up David Rispin's position in, in Park Tolchin on the weekend um, because as no, I said David could take up the hurling the, yet he could be he could be coaxed the Ted Murtis senior so. hurling champ it, Ted Murtis trim it's enough giving the hurls to the lads and Kel as well if you like in Cork <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> There could be hurls being used in, in the first round of the championship <laughs> next year. Um, so the Ted Murtis Senior Hurling Championship final will take place after that at 3.30. There's a big gap between those two games, obviously because the Trim um, minor management is the Trim Senior Hurling management. And Trim, surprise packages taken on Kiltail, you know, the drive for five still on for Kiltail. Trim are the surprise package coming from the B section of um, the championship, the senior championship, going the whole way to the final, but full value f- uh, f- for, for for their wins and are in the final on merit. Um, but they are coming up against a very strong Kiltail team. Absolutely. When you think of the format change this year by putting uh, the second batch of teams in that kind of senior B group, it was kind of designed, I suppose, to give them meaningful games at their level. And the carrot at the end of that was that the top two teams would qualify for the quarter final. I don't think anyone realistically probably said that Trimmer Longwood would actually be in the shake-up for the senior final. It was only kind of a maybe a token or a lip service, but Trim have very much taken that chance and like they've really they've kind of gone through their games and they had a great win against Klein, which was mm-hmm. Klein. We did talk about Klein were slightly kind of waning and going off the boil a bit, but Trim really earned their wins and they they're coming with a very much a, a bluster and they're bringing similar to Gail Conkill a big physicality like. They blew it out of the water in the semi-final and Kildaki didn't really want to know. And like Damo McGee, like he, he, he told himself he's not a, a physical specimen that you'd be saying like James Soher and Alan Douglas who are who are some of the most athletic men in the field. But Damo McGee's will be pound for pound one of the best skilled hurlers in the county. And he was just fabulous in the semi-final. And be interesting to see, can them trim lads rock Kiltail's drive for five? Because Anthony Ford, as someone we mentioned a few times, is back flying. Mark O'Sullivan, Killian O'Sullivan, the Rhines you name it, the two Kelly brothers, Shane McGann the goals, probably one of the best in the country. Like, Is there anyone on the team you're not going to mention? <laughs> well, I have the Ryan right. twins. <laughs> <laughs> I have the whole team, like, no Philly Garvey, the captain, like, no through the whole lot. Like, Kiltail have, they've amassed a, a great squad over the years and Davy Troy from Debris is managing the team and he'll, he'll be trying to, to outwit Neely Cole, the far side, and it'll be interesting to see who wins the tactical battle. And then who wins the actual hurling battle? And who takes on who who, ta- who takes up the mantle of of, of Mark and James Toher? Like, uh, you know, w- well, he kind of sits at centre back. A lot. He midfield. He lines out midfield, but he'll he'll take the mantle of centre back. So, it's a matter of maybe James Kelly could go on him, because James would kind of have the ability to go up and down the field. Like James is a great engine. They could put Mark O'Sullivan. They could put Killian O'Sullivan on him. Like Killian O'Sullivan has got the athleticism again to stay with him. Well, Alan Douglas has been flying inside. Like I presume, Philly Garvey and Mark Heyman. Philly's I just yeah, player. it's just going to be an, a, a a really interesting game. You know, like uh, you've mentioned all the the um Kiltail players and whatever. But I, you know, there there there's a lot of uh, depth in that trim team as well. And, and the with, with a cap- are brilliant. You know, like James Tour is captain Mead to two Christy Ring mm. championships. You know, no in, the, in the space of a few weeks. <laughs> um, you know, he's a dual star. Absolutely. You know, and. 
he's he's he really is like the real deal as a hurler. Um, rumor has it he's taken up uh, piano lessons at the minute. Um, that's just a secret that I have been let into. Um, <laughs> so that maybe somebody from Trim can let us know if that's true, or maybe James himself could let us know. But um, you know, uh, will he be singing the right tune, or will he be playing the right tune on, well, on Sunday? Thing, you know, he'll be he'll probably key to success. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, that is the hurling um, all done and dusted now for this week. Um, and as we said, that fight, those finals taking place um, on Saturday and Sunday. The minor at one pm on Sunday. The senior at three thirty on Sunday afternoon in Park Tolchin. And um, you know, we wish all those teams the best of luck. Um, I suppose in 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 the football, the Fesh Cup and Cornabonia and Tolchin Cup are still going at the moment. Um, well, the Tolchin Cup. <laughs> Tolchin Cup from 2017. Um, I believe that Mead Hill won that during the week. Um, but the one is in the committee room, isn't that? The, which is well, not I, the way I to win it now. That's the place to win it. I don't know. I, don't, I thought it was whoever turned up to receive the cup won it. Um, um, but it, they were presented with the cup from 2017. Yeah, last Tuesday, um, they they had a picture of opportunity with N2 Electrical, the sponsor, and uh, Peter Halloran, the county board chairman, a Dumcondra clubman. So I don't know how happy he was to be presenting it to Mead Hill, but. He had to, unfortunately, Dumcondra didn't fulfil the fixture, so Mead Hill were awarded the cup. So he stood in with his county board duty. That the county board and not any other. I'm sure that was a that was a big privilege for Peter as well to stand in and present the cup to Mead Hill. In the, in the, well, you piped down He's the court, and Ultons will come back to that. Another team that might end up signing up. We could have like I know like a mini parish league with all these join ups. You could have. I'm sure. I'm sure he was handing it over through gritted teeth and uh, and and smiling. But uh, look, it's it, it's presented. But they are going on at the moment. I know that there's a few games uh, coming up in the Fesh Cup Cornabonia and Tolton Cup. So uh, check out the fixtures on the Mead GA app or on the Mead uh, web GA website. <clears throat> On next week's show, we will be previewing the senior and minor finals um, that will take place the following weekend. And just before we finish up today, I want to thank the lads. I want to thank Brian Kelly from the minor board for coming in. I want to thank David Rispin uh, from the Rispin blog. Don't worry. I know uh, he usually has it out by now on a Monday afternoon. Or Sorry, on a, he usually has it out on a Monday afternoon. Today is Tuesday. Um, but uh, in fairness to him, he's a little bit tender the last couple of days and a little bit hungover and hasn't been able to um, uh, put the fingers to the to the keys on the um, we'll computer. We'll do it before he forgets the game. So, uh, well, no, I'm sure he has his notes. And uh, obviously I want to thank Kieran Flynn, the PRO of the Mead County Board. P- uh, Kieran, before we go, the house draws, um, the three house draws that are taking place, the first draw is taking place at the end of the month? Yes, the 30th of October, the bank holiday weekend. So yeah, the house draw tickets like they're they're doing well, but at the same time, yes, the Sunday isn't it? The thirty first is it? It's the Wednesday. The Wednesday is it? Jesus, well, well, look, I didn't go that day. It's the thirty first anyway. We know that it's, it's the, the end, end of the month. month. I know it's right bang at the end of the month, and uh, they're flying off the press. In fairness, and and people are starting to kind of get the kind of momentum building now, and the clubs are doing such great work for us. But same with everything, like there's an impetus there that every club just needs to go to the next level. And if you know someone, get onto them and tell them about it. And because at the end of the day, we're building our county grounds for our county players, our club players, for everyone to use. So yeah, get, to, the, get to the royalhousestore.com and or get to your local club. They all have paper tickets ready for sale. You're trying to sell the 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 fact that we're going to be doing up Park Tolchin and whatever. I'd be more trying to sell the fact that you have a chance of winning a house mm-hmm. worth to over three hundred thousand euro for the price yeah. of for the price of a week a, a night out. And in, all our uh, all in, our games in Park Tolchin, the one we're doing uh, mini raffles. 
That's five right. euro ticket and you can get a chance to win one of the tickets which is it's like a one in 20 or one in 25 chance depending on the ticket which is a even better chance to win a ticket like for your yeah. fiver so there's a, there is ways and where we have facebook competitions ongoing and coming up and just stay tuned because that house like it's there to be won yeah just, and, and not only that house but the other two as well and the cash, there is three and the houses cash, as well and there's cash prices, and the cash and the prices. so look get out there get your tickets get out there support your teams over the next few weeks we want to I want to wish the, the best of luck to both Summerhill and Dunboyne in the senior championship final Um, I think it's the the greatest day of your life playing in the senior championship final and being involved in the senior championship final and uh, Simon Simon were luckily enough to uh, do that for the last two years and uh, you know it's 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 an amazing amazing thing especially when it's the first time in your club's history but both of these teams um would have won them before and know what it's like and I just want to wish them the best of luck in that final lads is there any other business does anybody else anything that we need to discuss before we cut this uh, podcast uh, I suppose just fair play to the clubs in North Mead who have come to the aid of Maher Clune this week uh, Mead Hill hosted their league match against Scottstown on Saturday they're, they're training in Nobber this week and Kilmaine and Wood and Connor have also offered the use of their facilities I think it's a great example of the GA community coming together as well as the seven-year-old in Rathote, yeah. who yeah. has um, decided that a charity game between the Rathote under sevens and the Maher Clune under sevens would be a great idea. Now, I know Shane Duffy, who was a stalwart in Maher Clune, yeah. was goalie in their 2004 mm. championship winning team. The only time they won the Monaghan Senior Championship is now playing for Rathote. So I wonder maybe, is it some, a child that he knows fairly well that could have had the brainwave. <laughs> uh, either way, whether whether it was a child that he knew or not, it's I it's think it. it's 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 been a wonderful, wonderful response that that uh, that it's got. Win the CCC grand position for us. And fair, fair the play question, to you know, Beko for rolling behind it with an offer of two hundred and fifty euros. Yeah, but since since then, yeah. since then, there's been many more uh, two hundred and fifty euros offered, and it is gonna that actual under sevens game is gonna go ahead, and I'd say it's gonna be probably the best attended game of football in uh, in Mead. For for, for for the fundraiser, Crow Park, open up the whole thing. Yeah, yeah that'd be not? a great idea. If they can open up uh, uh, Porky Queen, we'll not mention that. For Lads, silly old game of soccer. Go on, say it. <laughs> we we want to thank you all for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for our previews to the senior final and minor finals. And also, don't forget. Get on to the Rispin blog. Get a read of the Rispin blog. It won't be as funny as the podcast, but it, uh, at least you'll be able to uh, have the written word from Mr. David Rispin. And, uh, it's always so well written. And again, I want to thank you all for listening. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Um, and remember, we are Mead by Matters More.